In today's episode, I'm joined by Raw Kuba. Kuba is a coach, avid traveller and raw vegan. And in today's episode, he shares some of his travel tips on how anyone can travel the world and actually come back with more money than they started with. We also discussed his experience of being fully raw vegan versus implementing some cooked food and the social implications of being on a diet and lifestyle like this. We also talked about his daily non-negotiables to have a successful day and so much more. I hope you enjoy. Kuba, if you could just give us a little intro, how you got into traveling, how you got into this kind of digital nomad lifestyle and just a little a little intro on your journey. That'd be great. Okay, I will do that. Do your people know about Ted Carr or should I give some context to who that is as well? Uh, yeah, give some that. context. Some might, but some probably won't. <laughs> yeah, cool. So... So I've been in the raw food game for the past 10 years, like into lots of fruits and vegetables, healthy lifestyle. And that part of, the, part of that got me traveling to fruit festivals, meeting really cool people. But I'll, I always loved traveling. Like when I was born, I was born in Poland. And when I was a baby, we moved to Germany, trying to escape the communist government in those times in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And then by the time I was two, we moved, we emigrated to Canada. So like I was born traveling, if you will. Uh, so my and my parents were always like, every weekend we'd do a trip, go camping or something. If there's a holiday, we'd we travel a lot, even if it's within Canada where we grew up, wherever. Like we're always taking trips, so it's in my blood. Um, when I was in my mid twenties, I went to university in Quebec, the French part of Canada, mm-hmm. and it was like it's so natural for me to ch- have change in my life. I like to change locations every once in a while, like maybe three years is a good number, and then like try another location. It's just, I guess, because of how my parents brought me up, it's in my blood. And then, um, you know, like in my 20s, and so I would love traveling, going to the fruit fest, all these things. And I never let money stop me. But the thing is, I would always travel, and then I'd come home like more broke, more in debt, like spending so much money on the travels. And then like, all right, now I got to go work with my neighbor construction or something to make up the money. So I was kind of tired of that. And then uh, one day I decided next time I travel, I'm going to travel but only if it brings me money. And then that's how I ended up in Mallorca. We can get into that yeah. in the podcast. But yeah, that's what brought me to the whole travel thing. But while I was at the Fruit Fest, I met Ted Carr, who I mentioned. He's my mentor. He's known as Fruitarian on Instagram. He's pretty big. And he was a big influencer in the raw food world. So I would learn from him, get inspired by him to eat raw foods, live healthy. And I got to meet him at the Fruit Festival through meditation. We were bunker mates. He would always like see me meditating in the midday. And he would like say some like nice words as he walked by. And then one day I was, I had my eyes open before my meditation. And then we got to talk and he's like, all right, let's meditate together. We had a timer, like seven minutes and meditated. And we became really close friends since then. And then people started asking him how he makes money online as a raw vegan health coach. And then he started teaching people how to do that. And that's how he got into like the wealth niche. And then he taught me a lot of stuff and I was going to like a 10X conference with him in Miami. So I was in that world. I was like working on funnels, doing my thing on the side. And then he brought me in. He's like, hey, how about you come join my team? I'll train you, do it, like know everything you have to know so we can help people set up their businesses and scale their businesses. And then I've been doing that for the past two years under the guidance of Ted Carr. And our team has been growing. It's just been Really amazing. We've been scaling, meeting just really cool clients, seeing people uh, start their businesses or have a have a business base and like scale it 
and just grow it, especially the people who you see coming on consistently making content. And you know, uh, we have a community called Contentpreneurs. Dylan knows well of this community. We have calls every week. You can come on and get feedback on your content, on the things you're working on. And I see the people coming we every time to the calls. I, I can see how much they grew this past year or so. And just like so awesome to see like people like just blowing up, mm-hmm. coming in like not sure how to make content, getting a little better, 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 and better. And then it's just like, like look at you, man. I see you start your own podcast. Like that's awesome, man. I love to see these kinds of wins with mm-hmm. our, with our community. You know. Yeah, definitely. I'm a bit guilty. I haven't been attending recently over the festive period, but yeah, it's really good. The accountability. Well, sometimes like you got to come there for the accountability mm. to get advice to scale. Mm. But sometimes you got to skip the meeting so you can work yeah, on your stuff because you're busy, you know? Yeah. Exactly. yeah, that's true. So, yeah, you've been traveling a lot and obviously coaching on the go. So where have you been to recently on your so travels? Recently, I'm in Toronto. This is my first time home in over three years since I went to Mallorca. And um, in the summer, I went from Mallorca in June. I went to Switzerland actually to do a race mm-hmm. in, in Mont Blanc. Chamonix, it's like in the Alps. Yeah, lovely. Really, really known spot for skiing and stuff. But in the summer, there's a uh, marathon and races. I did a 23 kilometers. So I went to Switzerland. My friend was there, so he showed me around a bit. I had a cousin there. I like to travel where I know people because then they can give you the insides, you know, the insides and outs. Yeah, like the little insider knowledge. And yeah, exactly. And you're not on your own then. At least you're not lonely. So. Exactly. I like to do that and then have parts on my own because I, I yeah. need my own space. Like I like to do my own thing. I like to do on my own pace and all that. Yeah, it's important. So the race was actually in France, but I like I landed in Switzerland. So I did the race in France, came back to Switzerland, explored all of Switzerland, uh, met my cousin, went to Germany, a little bit of Germany there, back to Switzerland. Um, and then I flew to Poland where I'm from and I spent most of the summer there and then came back to Mallorca. But before I settled in Mallorca, my friend from Canada came. And he's like, yo, let's meet in Madrid. I was like, all right, we met in Madrid. And then went to Mallorca, showed him around. Then he wanted to go to Sevilla and Andalusia. I was like, oh, I've already been there uh, a couple of years prior mm-hmm. during COVID. And I was like, it would be cool to like show him the spots because I knew the places. Yeah, man. So I've been moving around a bit. It's a, it's a fun journey, but sometimes it's like when you're meeting friends and stuff, it's a little distracting. And I got my work with my clients and stuff. But it's kind of cool that most people work nine to five. So while they're at their nine to five, I can work on my stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. It makes sense. So if someone's like saying, oh, I really love travel. I really want to travel. Like I know I want to see the sights in life. I don't just want to stay in my village or town for the rest of my life. But they're like, oh, I don't have much money or is it going to cost a lot? What if I don't know people? What kind of tips would you give them like to get started? How much money would you say you need or how can you how can you fund your travels? Yeah, I get frustrated because like back home seeing people like I, I hate when I hear someone like, oh, one day I'll travel. I just got to like work all these years first. And then like, when are they going to travel when they're retired? You know, it's like mm. I see people I see interviews online, like people who are older, their reg- biggest regret in life is often that they didn't travel. People want to travel. It's in our blood. To, like we want to explore. We want to see the world, especially like in a globalized world. We see the stuff going on on social media. Like we want to experience it. So I would say like go somewhere where you can work there because you can work anywhere in the world. No matter where you are, 
you have to make a living. So why don't you just do that somewhere else? So like change your mentality from like I need money to travel. It's like how can I make money in my travel? So I first went to Mallorca actually to teach English part time. And some people, they go and travel in hostels. So they get to experience some cool place. And then maybe they'll switch to another country, work in another hostel. Like you can find a job in another country. So that's what I was saying when I would come home broke from traveling. And then one day I decided, no, next time I'm going to travel if it makes me money. And there was this opportunity to teach English in Spain with the Canadian and Spanish government have this like deal. But it's also with the States and Spain. And then I see people, there's also like UK and all around Europe doing this kind of program. And the government basically gives you like a stipend for the month so you can survive, you can rent a room or whatever and get your food, whatever you need while you're teaching English. And this was really awesome because then on the side, I was able to work on the online business stuff. And now I'm like more busy with the online business, but I still have that school job. And this is like the fourth year I'm doing the contract and I'm like, oh shoot, it's becoming a distraction. Like, like I'm losing money going to the school job, but it's just like I really love the job working with kids and it gives you the, like that stability. So some people are scared they need money first, but like go get a job in another country where you want to travel and have that stability and then work on your passion on the side. That's what I recommend. Yeah. So so there's always ways to do it. Definitely. Like when, yeah, when there's a will, there's a way. Like if, if you want it badly enough, you can definitely find a way and... Yeah, yeah. It's, de it's definitely something I'm trying to do in the near future. Uh, well, Yeah, you can teach English and stuff like that if people want to in Thailand, mm. in, all over Asia. Like, these programs are everywhere. And in Thailand, like, I, I know, I think you're into the healthy lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Am I right? Yeah, or? yeah. Yeah, like, if you're, if you're on a diet that's based on raw foods and fruits and stuff, mm. like, Thailand is a great place. Like, I want to, that's on my bucket list as well. That's where Ted Carr started because you could live for cheap yeah have high quality foods and then like make your own business there on the side yeah definitely while you're teaching english for example in the daytime yeah it, lo it looks amazing it does so how did you how would you apply for one of these schemes or how would you find these jobs have you got like any specific tips like what did you do did you just google it or how would someone well, i knew up? about it from friends I, i'm the type of person who pays attention to like <laughs> what people are talking about when it excites something excites me yeah like i take note of it because a lot of things come up in day-to-day -day conversation and it's like, yeah, that's cool. And then we just ignore it. But if there's an opportunity, I'm like, okay, I'm going to look into this opportunity. Uh, I remember being in university and there was this opportunity to do a conference with uh, leaders in sustainability because I was in the sustainability niche. And I have, my class was like 10 or 11 people. Nobody applied for it. I applied for it. I went, had an amazing time. We got to go to this cool city connect with other leaders and just do cool activities. I'm just like, anyone can do this. You just apply and you'll probably get accepted. Mm. But it's just a matter of like taking those opportunities. So pay attention to what you hear in day-to-day -day life. And if it's something cool, like try it out, apply for it. You have nothing to lose. The worst that they can do is reject your application. And if you get accepted, you might have an opportunity of a lifetime to go travel somewhere. Yeah. So I heard about this opportunity from friends doing it. Like I had it maybe 10 years ago before I applied in the back of my head. And then I was in a point in my life where I'm like, I, I feel like I could do this now. Like nothing's keeping me in Canada. And so I applied. Mm -hmm. So I didn't actually like research it. But if you research teaching English, I'm sure you could find a bunch of things like this. So the one I did, it's called uh, North American Language Assistant, something like that. If you look at 
it's it's N A L C A P NALCAP. Yep. So North American Language uh, Assistant, something like that. Yeah, I'll try link it below. And, I'll try find it and link it. Yeah. Yeah, find NALCAP. But that's like there's a Canadian one, there's an American one. Yeah. Yeah, perfect. So, and you also touched on the passion side of things. So maybe a lot of people would love to monetize their passions, but maybe some people actually don't know what they're passionate about. How would you, how would you say, I know it may seem funny not knowing your passions, but how would you recommend finding your passions or what you're interested in? Is there any like specific process you took or yeah, if people are a bit unclear. That's an interesting question because mm. um, I found it naturally, but if you're unclear, I would say, what do you love to do? And that's your passion, like the things you love to do. So if you really want to find that out and you still don't know as an adult, like what do you love to do? What did you love to do as a kid? Think about what you love to do as a kid mm. and try to tap into that. As a kid, we're definitely more on our creative side. Yeah. But for, for me, the passion came when I started doing the raw foods and I started being more passionate about life, uh, just getting healthier, feeling better. And that came along with self-improvement. And that led me to entrepreneurship because entrepreneurship is actually, a lot of it is about self-improvement, self-development. Mm. A lot of these entrepreneurs I follow are actually about that. Like Brendan Bouchard, for example, was a big one I followed. He's all about self-improvement because when you improve yourself, you could do better in your business and then you could provide better for the world and help more people. Mm. So, so just tuning into what you like to do. For example, that could be like if you're passionate about sports or art or whatever. Uh, whether you monetize that or not, it might lead you to something you can monetize because when you're more in your creative side and in your passion, your brain works better to like to choose what you want to do in life, to like to do what you want. You'll make better decisions. So if you're getting lost in your passion, that's when ideas come to you. That's yeah. when you have realizations. Yeah. And you might realize, oh, I can teach this what I'm doing. I could teach art to people. I could teach fitness to people. I can teach people how to be healthy. And you can monetize that as a health coach or as a uh art coach or whatever you know mm -hmm. like anything you're passionate about or you might have the idea like while you're doing your passion that i can go teach english or i can go i work construction here in canada like i could do that in mexico or i could do that somewhere else you know what i mean yeah definitely i think yeah just getting clear on that passion or, or multiple passions is it's really important like you say and also like i'm just thinking a lot of people may have this kind of inferiority complex or or they may yeah they're like this imposter syndrome they may be like oh i'm not good enough to be a coach i'm not good enough to teach like why would people listen to me what what would you say to that like how do you help people overcome that kind of problem because i know it's really prevalent yeah we all go through that mm. you just have to realize how far you've come in your journey mm. so actually on our team the head of operations benny he spoke to this and he made he explained it really well so he says on a scale of one to 10, you might be at a four out of like expertise in that field or whatever. And you might think like, I can't teach people. I'm at a four. I'm not at a 10. But there's so many people at a one and at a two level that can, from your level of four, they can like have so many realizations and learn from you and you could bring them up to a four. And as you're doing this, you're helping the one and the twos come up to a three and a four. Mm. You're getting to five and a six and you're leveling up. So like as you're teaching the people below you, 
you're getting better and better. Now your skills are are leveling up, and now you can start teaching the people at the four when you're at a six. So it's just like it's helping the people below you come up, and then while you're here at a four or five or six, you're going to the people who are above you as mentors. So you got this seven, the eight, the nine, the tens that you're looking up to and that you're learning from. So you're like bringing people up to your level, and you're getting pulled up to higher levels. Mm. So you don't have to be at a ten. You don't have to be perfect before you can start teaching. No one really is perfect because we're always learning. Even like the biggest entrepreneurs out there are still learning lessons and they're still improving every day. Yeah, definitely. And also, when you coach, like you say, you keep yourself accountable and you you actually improve your skills. So it's like a yeah, yeah, definitely. it's doubly good in that regard. So how would you recommend? What would you say is like the main way? Because obviously the internet's changing now. Like you say, you can make money online. What would you say is like the main way someone could coach or teach online? What What would you recommend? Like, there's so many different formats, but what are maybe some of the most common ones you see that are working at the minute? Uh, to start as a coach online? Yeah. So, like, would you recommend? I don't know, doing it remotely, starting a community. Um, yeah, I guess you, people could do it in person. But what What would you say is like the easiest for most beginners to start? The easiest is to start by offering free coaching. Mm-hmm. So that I would say the first thing is just basically coaching on your social media, like providing that free value in your content. That's the first step. Because if people don't see you providing that value for free, they're not going to trust you as a coach. Mm. So before you can monetize, you really have to provide some free value. And then when you're ready to coach a client, I would still do that for free if you're a complete beginner. Just do that for free because that will give you the experience. That will give you the confidence. That will make it easier to find your first client. Network is struggling. That's all good. Hopefully you still hear me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so if you coach your first client for free, what we call a beta client, that will give you the experience and the confidence. And that will be easy to find that client because they're like, they have nothing to lose. You're going to coach them for free. You might just ask them for a testimonial after. And then that testimonial you can use to build more trust for the next client. Mm-hmm. But that will give you the experience, and then you could do your next client at a reduced price, and then you can like keep raising your price over time. So that way you'll have confidence. But I would start for free, giving free value. The more free value, the more trust you build. So mm. if you look at Hormozy or all these entrepreneurs online, you could learn so much from watching their YouTube channel, right? That's all for free. And you can implement the stuff and get results in your business or in your life. So you have to provide that to other people whatever you're coaching do it for free on your social media and then get your first like free client it could be it could even be two three one hour sessions for free that you give up and then the next client you could charge like a couple hundred bucks for a month package or something mm-hmm. and then you could go up to 500 bucks get up to a thousand dollars and then beyond yeah definitely and would you say the main the main content pillar or the, the main medium would be like making videos right like uh, uh, on youtube or short form would you say that's like it, the main way to build trust for free if you're coaching yeah well like personally i resonate with the people like that who mm. who are making the videos but you don't have to there's so many different ways to make content people make written content and they mm-hmm. could still be successful like i know a coach that he does a lot of written content but he's still quite big and people trust him and he has a lot of clients but when people see you on video they just it's just an easier way to build trust yeah they see you you're a real person 
they're like, okay, this guy's for real. And then just something in us that trusts better when we see someone. Mm -hmm. Definitely. But for a lot, but of it's not a, it's not a must. No, it's not a, like you have to. Yeah. Like you say, you could use AI and like make videos of like characters talking and stuff. That's yeah. popular. I know AI is, is um, constantly improving like rapidly. It's doubling, isn't it? Exponentially. And I think yeah. it's one of those things where you, you want to use to kind of free up your time. You don't want it to replace you fully because I don't think it will ever replace that human element and that human connection. But if it can automate maybe exactly. mundane tasks, then then brilliant. But yeah, know, it can help you. Yeah, it can cool. help you like exponentiate things. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't have to replace you. Like you're using it as a human to your benefit. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And in terms of the videos, so for me. When I was younger, I made various different YouTube channels, never really stuck with them, just following like hobbies and passions and things like that. But I put, I put off making this channel for quite a while. And I know a lot of people, they'll think about like maybe one individual who might judge them or just someone they know, like in their mind, they'll think, oh, I don't want to start my YouTube channel because of them. Or maybe I'm not good enough. <laughs> it's, it's, it's all the weird human thoughts and doubts and, and worries we have that are so like meaningless. But how would you how would you say like what are some tips for people to make their first video just to film the first video or two like some camera confidence tips or just yeah tips to get someone to start because i know a lot of people it's really hard for them to get started well i'm scared to share because my mom might be watching this and <laughs> <laughs> we don't want her on youtube <laughs> i know what you mean about that like i think about that sometimes oh my mom might see this yeah. or my old friends might see this you know yeah. But I've I've actually realized uh, even my old friends are sometimes like they'll learn something about me. My friend made a joke like if you want to learn about Cuba, like because I'm so like away from home a lot, they're like check out his YouTube or check out his Instagram. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you'll learn more than from in person, you know. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so I <clears throat> I remember my first video actually. It was because this entrepreneur. What was his name? Is it Mike Hyatt? an entrepreneur it may well be uh, i haven't heard of him but i'm sure and it was like around the new year's time resolutions whatever goal setting and he just challenged he challenged us so he challenged me to just make a video sharing my story sharing like what i want to accomplish mm -hmm. and that finally got me i just went to the riverside and just recorded like uh this is about me and this is what i want to do and that's it that was my first video so i would I think that's a great recommendation. Like, go out there, just share your story, where you come from, what you're passionate about, and what you see yourself doing with the online space. Mm. That's it. Make that your first video. Yeah. And yeah. The next videos I got into were, you might know Ralph Smart from Infinite yeah. Waters. He has this thing called the 7-Day Vegan Challenge. He challenged people to just make a 30-second clip talking about how veganism changed their life. And I was like, I took that and I turned it into like a seven day challenge and I did 30 seconds for seven days. And then it just became so fun. I remember I brought my mom in one, one of the videos talking about smoothies that I make her. I brought my sister in another video. And it was just like, it became a fun experience. Next thing you know, uh, I'm on Snapchat making daily snaps and connecting with Ted Carr on Snapchat, I remember. <laughs> and then next thing you know, it's like, I made a couple of YouTube videos and then I switched to Instagram and then I just started like going off in Instagram. 
mm-hmm. but I never saw myself as an influencer. I never thought I'd make videos. I was looking up to influencers. I'm like, I would never pictured myself doing that. But because of that first one video and then the, the seven day challenge, just having that to start gave me that feeling and gave me the taste to want to do it more. Mm. And now it's natural. Look, we're on a podcast chatting. Yeah. I'm quite introverted. I've always been shy, mm-hmm. but I've built up the confidence and now I could talk to anyone and it's just like, it's all good. Yeah. There could be millions of people watching this, but we're, I'm comfortable now because at the beginning I was so uncomfortable, but doing it, you get more and more comfortable. Yeah. And the consistency compounds, like it's like a snowball. It just keeps getting bigger and bigger. And like you said, like you just snack up, stack up those small wins. And then before you know it, you're like way ahead of where you ever thought you could be. Just even, even making those first few videos is like one hell of an achievement. A lot of people, they, they, yeah, they don't even take that first step. And yeah, and then you can go back and look at those yeah. and smile and like be proud of yourself that you took that step. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, looking back at some old videos is quite <laughs> it's embarrassing, but it's it's humbling and it's good to see how far you've you've come. Yeah, I think after this interview I'm gonna check out or today, as soon as I can, I'm gonna check out those the seven day series. Yeah. Just to put a smile on my face. Yeah. I remember that was fun. Yeah. Oh, is it still up there? Yeah, it's somewhere on my YouTube, like okay. at the beginning of my YouTube. Yeah. I haven't really grown my YouTube too much. I put more uh, focus on the Instagram, so, mm-hmm. but it's on there somewhere. Perfect. And your first videos were on the raw food lifestyle and that kind of side of things? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. How, did you, how did you get into that? How, how, was, how did raw food, yeah, what, what was the evolution in terms of diet? So for a lot of people... Maybe they go like vegan to raw vegan. So how was it for you and where did you find it? Yeah, if you're ready for a sad story, I can share, sure. Sure. It actually happened from my dad getting stomach and esophagus cancer 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. He he actually passed away. It was around this time we were dealing with it at the start. And it was like two and a half months, mid-March, he passed away 10 years ago. So at that time, my sister gave me a book called The Crazy Sexy Diet by Chris Carr. This woman who had like 12 tumors and she was pronounced like terminally terminally ill. She's not going to heal. And then she went not on raw foods, but she went on a plant-based diet, an alkaline diet. And in her book, she explained the science. And she, she, her cancer went into remission and she's thriving till today. She, she's on social media as well. Chris Carr, I believe with uh, K. Okay. Uh, But yeah, so I read her book and she explained an alkaline diet, which is like a plant-based diet. Versus an acidic diet, which is like meat and dairy and processed foods. She just explained the science. It made so much sense. I'm reading this book while I'm watching my dad in the hospital bed. Realizing we have no idea how our bodies work, what's happening. Like cancer, it was helpless. Like it took over. We didn't know what to do. I'm reading this book and I'm like, there's something we could do. But we didn't know. Like I was still new to the game. Like if I had the knowledge I had now, mm. I would have probably like... uh Swapped out his feeding tube with fresh juices, you know? Mm. But yeah, so I was just learning, and then I just started incorporating more plants, more smoothies, more salads with my diet, like using more brown rice and sweet potatoes and whole foods. And then I just kept... That got me into, like, this whole YouTube, watching more videos. And I came across Kevin Cosmo from High Energy Parenting. He works with Food and Sport and Dr. Doug Graham. Yep. And I saw his transformation from like sick and tired to like climbing a mountain in Mount Pichu or whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. 
And at the end of the video, he's just like, fruits and vegetables. And I was just like, fruits and vegetables. <laughs> makes so much sense. And then that's how I got into the raw food. I found Fully Raw Christina, Ted Carr. Um, what, what is it? That couple, Paul and Yulia Tarbath. Mm -hmm. And I started incorporating it. And I was feeling better, like more confident stuff. And then after maybe almost a year of that at home, I went back to Quebec where I was studying. I had to come home when my dad was sick. And I incorporated this knowledge and I did basically a raw diet and I got really skinny, went through a transformation, but I got like more energy, more confident, more happy. And I was like, this, there's something about this. So I got into the raw foods pretty early, mm -hmm. but my, my journey has been like this yeah. transition. And now I'm not fully raw. I'm high raw, but it's like now I'm more balanced. I'm not so much pressured to be fully raw because that in itself, for me, at least mm -hmm. my personality was too stressful. And I don't care about like stressing perfection because that doesn't work for me. So for sure. Now I just love using plants and raw fruits and vegetables as much as possible without stressing perfection. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The journey, the journey is never linear. It's always up, down, two steps back, one forward, vice versa. It's, it's, exactly. yeah, it's never that simple, but I think you touched on a very important aspect there, the stress. And I appreciate you, you telling that story. Like it's, um, it's, it is, yeah, it's touching and it's it's a shame that's how you discovered it. But I, I really think mm -hmm. sometimes these things happen for a reason, even if they don't seem like it at the time. So for you personally, how have you, what have you noticed in terms of the difference between being like fully raw and and maybe high raw? And like you say there about the stress aspect, how, how has that played like a factor? Yeah, yeah. So it's not like black and white, like, this is how I felt fully raw. This is how I felt high raw. Yeah, yeah. I could tell you how I felt fully raw when I'm home with normal, my everyday people, mm -hmm. and how I felt fully raw when I'm at the fruit fest with other raw mm, vegans. Big difference. That's two different worlds. Yeah. And then high raw in the regular world or high raw, whatever, the different situations in life. But so first I'll start off with, um, like I told you, when I first went raw, I felt like these amazing benefits. But then coming back home for Christmas, all these things, I remember it was like, it was hard. And then I get, it would be really stressful trying to do it back home. I was mm. still like, it took me maybe at least a year, if not a little more to get off meat fully when I'm in a social situ situation. Yeah. But then when I went to the fruit festival, it's like being raw is a joy. It's so easy. Mm. One, because everyone else is doing it. Two, because there's so much abundance of food like laid out there ready for you. So you don't have to like shop around and try to get good food. In the winter, that's more tricky in Toronto. Mm. At the fruit festival, everything's there. So that that's when you like that's when I would be thriving the most. When I'm just in the community, we're all fully raw. It's not food is not an issue actually. We actually don't even like care about food that much because we're enjoying each other's presence so much, you know. Mm -hmm. But the food is amazing and just like the energy is just like it's just this vibration, which might sound like wooey, but like the frequency of our body's energy is just like vibrating really high and that everyone's on that vibration it's just like a whole different world mm -hmm. and then you come home so i'd come home after that it was usually the end of august and you're like so empowered i would stay fully raw i would no longer be affected by the energy around me but then after a month it like it dissipates at the second yeah. month next thing you know you eat some cooked food here you like try something there and then you kind of like fall off the path mm -hmm. that's been my journey a lot of people resonate with that but so that's different than 
trying to be fully raw in the real world and trying to be fully raw in the perfectly raw world. So in the real world, I would get stressed because I would like, oh, I fell off or I'd be with friends and trying to be raw, mm-hmm. thinking about food. I'm like, oh, my friend's putting sun- toasted sunflower seeds in the salad. I'm like, oh, no, does that make me not raw anymore? And I'm like, I can't wait to go home to eat my food. So I wasn't present with my people. So now being high raw, I can go to lunch, have a cooked meal with friends, or even if I want cooked food, I'll enjoy it. And I don't stress about it. And I know like the next morning I'm going to make my green juice. I'm going to have my smoothie. I'm mm. going to have my raw salad. So I'm not stressed about it. I'm present with the people. I'm enjoying the moment. So food is not like my whole life anymore. Yeah. I got more goals. I'm training. I'm doing business. So food is like something that supports me in my life, but mm-hmm. it's not my whole life anymore. Yeah. But we, I had to go through that because in the raw movement, like we're pioneers. Like no one's teaching this in school. We, we're no. learning this on our own and we're like teaching the world this stuff Mm -hmm. so like we have to go through these challenges and trying to do it realizing it's hard in the modern world no one else is doing it like the world is set up to make you fail in a raw diet like if i can go get raw pizza around the corner like that'd be great Mm -hmm. but it's not available everywhere like you know what i mean yeah you have to really put in the effort you have to get the ingredients you have to make these uh recipes if you want to if you want to make it more interesting as opposed to just eating fruit right Mm-hmm, definitely especially in the modern world like you say i feel like it's growing more and that with the internet and youtube and channels and podcasts and things like that it's it's spreading but slowly it's still it's still quite an abstract concept and like for most people it's weird but that that's fine we're all on our like own in path. your day-to-day life yeah right? for sure like in but social- online it's grown a lot yeah definitely these 10 years definitely but I, I like what you touched on there about food being a fuel and like a tool for like the things you want to do in life because for me personally okay. I, I resonate with that a lot at the start of my journey it's like when you first find out about something you're so obsessed with it like really dogmatic maybe or or yeah just just really caught up on every little detail and you kind of lose sight of the bigger picture so then to I think it just comes with time. You you kind of zoom out and then you realize, oh, why why do I want to be raw? So I have energy for my day-to-day life. So how are you? Exactly. Yeah. And if you're losing energy yeah. just to stay raw, yeah, that defeats the purpose. Exactly, exactly. Then, it, yeah, like you say, it's counterintuitive. So how do you put your energy to good use, basically? That's what I'm trying to say. Like what 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 drives you? What energizes you? Yeah, what what do you do in your day to day? What what keeps you like motivated and energized? Well, the work that we've been doing with our team and contentpreneurs with mm-hmm. Ted Carr has been really amazing. This past year has just been incredible, growing the team, mm-hmm. and then having these like minded, like go getters on the team, mm. hustlers. You know, we're hustlers. Really, <laughs> we we want to. We're entrepreneurs. We want to get things done. We want to make the world a better place. We want to help our families. We want to live better lives. We don't want to settle for less. Being around this energy, mm-hmm. that itself is so motivating. And then meeting these really cool clients who are also on the same level because they're mm-hmm. entrepreneurs. They want to get their business going. They want to scale. They want to travel. They want to help their families. They want to buy a house. They want to live more free, not be stuck in the matrix, if you will, not be stuck in like everyday mm-hmm. society. So that's just so inspiring. And like, I want to have a good energy for my clients. I want to see my clients succeed. So I want to have a good energy. So a big thing nowadays is going to the gym and working out because not only is it for a good energy, but it's also just to to be a living example of someone healthy. 
Mm-hmm. And when we see someone healthy with our eyes, we think like fitness, physique, uh, you know, like that's being in shape. Mm-hmm. And in the raw world, I think we need more examples like that. Like Ted Carr, if you go to his profile for tearing, you'll see he's ripped. Yeah, he's he's jacked. jacked. He used to be a skinny marathon runner. I used to be a skinny runner too. And nobody thought really I was an example of health when I'm skinny. I'm like, yeah, but you don't know how I feel. Like you don't know what the mm. raw food. And how are you going to convince someone to experience what you're experiencing. So the only way is like they can only see you mm-hmm. with their eyes. So going to the gym has been really motivating, especially with the trainer because the trainer pushes me and I see myself getting better and better. And then that gives a better energy, focus on my business. That's been my priorities. And then um, I would say another priority is actually meeting ladies now yeah, and eventually yeah. finding like the love of my life. Uh, I'm in my late 30s and I'm single, but I... I haven't prioritized that aspect. So now being in shape, taking care of my business as a man, I feel like that's very important mm. so I can be like a grounding force for a woman because I would want a woman who's taking care of herself, who's looking after herself, who's ambitious. Mm. So I have to be that myself. So definitely that's that's my motivations in life currently. Mm. Well, you never and know. Also, my family, like I want to take my mom out of Toronto. I want her to be happy, like be able to live in Spain or wherever in the winter. Mm. So I have these things that are motivating me to keep going. Definitely. Well, you never know. There might be a lady in the comments who uh, <laughs> wants an international man. <laughs> she just better have her face. And if she's making video content, I'll trust her more because I see that she's a real person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I'll be, I'll be traveling. So I'm down to meet people. Yeah. I'll be going to Mexico uh, yeah. actually in a few days mm-hmm. and Miami and stuff. So I'm sure I'll meet some cool girls. Definitely. It's amazing. Yeah. And yeah, Spain also. I lived in Spain for a little bit when I was younger and and last year I was over there for like a football academy and it is lovely. I I, I do really miss the sun being here in the UK in the winter. It's quite hard mentally. I'm just going to give context because I'm in yeah. North America. Football means soccer. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's a good distinction to make, yeah. But yeah, like for me personally, mentally, the lack of sunlight is quite hard because I know the benefits of the sun. So how do you, how would you, you've lived in colder climates. How do you kind of, yeah, how do you cope with that? Have you got any tips for just dealing with the lack of you sunlight? Gotta, Cause it's so. Imp- you got to leave man. Cause I've been away for three, over three years. Yeah. And I literally, the day I left Mallorca was this beautiful sunny day, mid, mm-hmm. mid, uh, late December, December 22nd, let's say mm-hmm. just before Christmas. And I was really sad. I'm like, I got the palm trees behind me. I got mm-hmm. the sunshine. And I'm I'm heading to Canada. My first layover was in Germany, just a little closer to the UK. Yeah. It was rainy, gloomy. I get to Toronto, same weather. It's been like that this whole past few weeks. I don't remember a sunny day. Mm-hmm. And it's still crazy right now. I'm just like, I can't live here. Like, this is depressing. Like, no wonder people are depressed in the winter, yeah. like the winter blues. Yeah, yeah. They're not getting enough vitamin D. And I'm like, I see my mom. I'm like, she would be way more thriving if it was sunny because she spent one winter with me in Spain and she was way more happy, joyful, mm. going out, getting getting sunlight, sitting on the bench outside. Mm. Here, it's like she doesn't feel like being so active. Yeah. And I know it's like the weather has a huge influence. So I would just leave. Like I don't plan to do winter in Canada again. Mm-hmm. It's not for me. Mm. But if I did, this is kind of controversial, especially in the health space. But I actually, before I left, I remember starting to use the tanning beds mm-hmm. to get that vitamin D and to get color on my skin. Mm-hmm. So 
So I would actually use that. I know that's controversial. My health people will say that's poison and all that, but I would do that if I was living like this for months, you know, with the gloom and yeah, yeah. no sun. Yeah, I've never tried them, but I know some people use them. I know people use like vitamin D lamps and things like that. There's, but yeah, yeah there, that there's, cool. there's no there's no real supplement for the sun or substitute yeah. for the sun. But yeah. So but I would try to supplement vitamin D mm -hmm. if I was living like this for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and no. If you can't take a vacation like during the holidays, mm, you know, go definitely. to Mexico or Cuba or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I think it helps. And in terms of, let's say, I don't know, someone is saying, yeah, but, but then, you know, I don't have enough money to go away or, or it's really unsettling. What would you say about, because we've touched on some tips earlier on, but this, this digital nomad lifestyle or this traveling lifestyle, would you say it's for everyone or would you say it's quite unsettling? Like, If it's something that you're thinking about, it's in your heart, then it is for you. It's not for everyone, but a lot of people are not thinking about it. They're happy, they're settled. Not happy, but they're settled, mm. and that's their life. But if you feel that in you, like something's pulling, that means it's probably for you. Mm. And it doesn't mean you have to be a nomad and moving all the time. It could yeah. mean, like like I said, like I like to go to a place, stay there for maybe three years. Mm. So you actually have that stability for a while. Yeah, Because moving around a lot is actually quite unstable. Mm. And that's a little bit stressing as an entrepreneur, like, I need that stability. Like, I love traveling and exploring new places, but I can't constantly do it. It's too distracting. Mm. You got to get up and change your whole life again. Some people are built for that, but I'd rather find a cool place, settle there for a while, and then after a while, get some momentum and maybe change locations if you want. Yeah, I resonate But with I think if, if you're stressed because you don't have money, if it's really stressful, the minimum you could do is keep working where you are and put money aside, but have that vision. Like, take time to journal Mm. have a vision board or a vision scrapbook or vision journal like vision audio whatever but like have that in your vision and have a game plan to get to it mm -hmm. and make it a goal so that in a year maybe you can you can move and try somewhere else yeah because it's bound to happen if you make it a goal and you work towards it it's just a matter of time when it happens mm -hmm. it's yeah. all everything's possible like this is a pretty a big incredible creation you can do whatever you want just a lot of times we think we can't Mm. But if you think you can, you will. Mm -hmm. it's like, a big do you mindset know Dev shift. Neville Goddard? Yeah, yeah. Feeling is the secret. So he mm -hmm. talks about really getting into that feeling. So when you want something, you envision it, and don't just think about it. But when you think about it, feel it as if it's already happening, mm. and that will get you in that vibration. And then the universe will conspire to make it happen. Definitely. That's that if you think about a thought like, I want to drink the smoothie, so I'm gonna pick it up and drink mm -hmm. it. Like, it's my choice. I could do that if I want. If yeah. I want, I could spill this in the sink and not drink it. But I want to drink it, so I'm going to I'm gonna go get the bananas. I'm going to go get the fruit and make a smoothie. Like, that's something I choose to do. Mm -hmm. And if I can't afford it, okay, let me work a bit, put away some money, and buy my ingredients to make the smoothie. That's a simple example, but that's what you could do with travel or anything in life. Mm. And if you believe in it and feel it, that it's happening, it's just a matter of time when it happens. Yeah. And it's definitely, yeah, it's a big mindset shift. Like you could have two people working a nine to five, one just working the nine to five just because that's what they've been told to do. And then there's another with like a clear goal, a clear vision, and they're just using exactly. it as like a stepping stone. And it's a really big distinction, um, but it can really kind of make it sit well and resonate with you like in your mind. Like it can really continue to drive you, even though that same job 
if you had no end goal, that same job might just be like mundane and depressing. But when you have that kind of greater vision, it, it does still energize you. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, you, t- yeah the, the, you touched on the mental side and it's something we definitely can't neglect because the mind's so important. Uh, manifestation, meditation, visualization, spirituality is quite a common buzzword, spirituality. But what, what does it mean? What does it mean to you to like be spiritual? Do you kind of have any spiritual practices or how, how do you define the word? Because it's a bit, it's a bit of a gray area. What is the meaning of life? Yeah, I've been, I've been <laughs> that, pondering that, that a lot recently. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, that's a big question, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So spirituality for me, I guess that's been a part of my journey before the raw foods a decade mm. prior. For context, I'm 37. I found raw foods at 27. Mm-hmm. But with raw foods, I found meditation. But from 17, 10 years prior, I was into spirituality. I was reading the Bible, spiritual texts like the Vedas, uh, um, Buddhist scriptures, whatever. Like mm-hmm. I was really into that stuff. I really loved the Eastern because it resonated with me more like the Eastern religion. Yeah. Because I felt like um, they were more like connecting with God within you mm-hmm. as opposed to just like um doing rituals and things that you don't understand the western yeah but also like i i felt like uh bringing the western and the eastern together was really cool mm, like because animals. i love the history of the western you know like going back to moses and stuff and i was reading and i was really into it i was really inspired by like the whole story with jesus even muhammad i read that everything mm-hmm. and i'm and i always thought like how do I live this? I would try to be spiritual. I really got into Rastafari, like um, yeah. from listening to Bob Marley and Reggae, mm-hmm. Reggae yeah. Mans from actually my friend from Ghana, West Africa, showed me this music. I was listening to gangster hip hop. He showed me Bob Marley. <laughs> and he's good. like, yeah, you like it now because of the beat, but one day you'll like understand it. Mm-hmm. And he was right. I started understanding. I was reading the Bible and like, oh, this is like Bob Marley's lyrics are in the Bible. Mm-hmm. I, no one thinks of that. You know, no. people think it's just like, don't worry, be happy. And I was really getting into it. And I loved the, Rast- the Rastafarian viewpoint because it brought the East and the West. It was like the Bible, the history, but like living in connection with nature, actually eating plant foods and, um, you know, taking care of the earth and being good to humanity. But I was like, I didn't know how to like live it. How do I be enlightened? I, mm. I felt like I'm meant for enlightenment because it just resonated with me. I was like, how do I do it? So when I got the raw foods and actually like, learn how to meditate i'm like okay i finally understand how to live spirituality instead of just as an idea that sounds cool Mm. and because the raw foods cleaned out my system it got my energies flowing it cleared out my pineal gland and it just made me more receptive to like the spiritual life if you will Mm -hmm. It, it makes you realize that we're all spiritual like just we're living in this these bodies are our vehicles and we're like the spirits in these bodies like moving around (laughs) <laughs> you know, yeah, no. in this physical plane, right? But Definitely. with the raw food, just having that clarity and energy and then doing the meditation and, you know, like uh, balancing out my chakras, having the energy flowing from head to toe got me to live it. And uh, that still might sound like airy-fairy. Mm-hmm. So what I mean by living spirituality is just by being more conscious of life, being aware that, being aware of what I'm in control of and what I'm not in control of. That's a game changer. That makes you feel like you have so much more control of your life. Mm. Because when a situation happens, for example, 
uh, Sadhguru. He's actually the guru yeah, that got him. me into this. Yeah, I did his program in engineering. And he helped me realize these things. And he talks about if we're in traffic, just like you said, the two people working the nine to five, two people in traffic can have the same physical experience, but yet it's a whole different experience internally for each of them. Mm. Because one could be like, oh man, this traffic, I'm so angry, like road rage, move, like I'm stuck here, it's taking my time. And another person could be like, oh, I finally get to relax. It's like, this is nice. No rush. I'm, I'm here anyway, so I'm just mm -hmm. going to enjoy it. So you get to decide how you react to external situations, but it's really like an internal control. And it's really all about like emotions. Like how do we choose to react emotionally to things? Emotions is what really runs like most of the world. Mm -hmm. So if we could choose to feel good and be happy. So that I think spirituality is realizing that you're in control of your emotions. Yeah. It's not external things that determines your inner well-being. For sure. Definitely. I think that's a big mindset shift. Like maybe I only realized it in the last few months that really, you know, only I can decide if I'm happy, you know, I, only it's, it's a conscious choice to be happy. Like, you know, we can, like having listened to the stories of like so many top performers and achievers, like elite athletes, they thought when they got that end goal they'd be happy and then they got it and it was like a big come down and it's just realizing yeah. yeah it's just the active choice to be happy i think that was a really great point and just being present for me whatever that means for for the listener or for you like it's different for everyone but just like you said being more conscious being more aware and just yeah just appreciating the beauty of life <laughs> i think it's only going to be beneficial yeah exactly. and yeah, so a big thing ab about that yeah. is like if something goes wrong or some situation, it's like instead of reacting to it, mm. being overtaken or overwhelmed by it, it's like, all right, what's the solution? Like, how do I go about this? Mm. Like, you have the power to like to figure out a way mm. how to deal with this situation instead of just being overtaken victim. by the situation. Yeah. Instead of being a victim. Yeah, exactly. 100%. So I'm just getting conscious of the time. So I've got one more question and then we'll quickly go on to the rapid fire questions so just finally like rapid fire questions. yeah okay <laughs> well i say rapid fire but they usually <laughs> they usually take a little bit longer but yeah just okay. i was just wondering is there anything for you that's like a, a daily non-negotiable any habits or things that if you didn't do in a day you'd be like oh i don't feel like me is there anything you'd recommend for people to try uh, for me, yes. For me, starting my day with juice mm -hmm. and or fruit smoothies. I usually do fresh juice. Yeah. But it doesn't have to be. It could be a smoothie. It could be fruits. That's like a non-negotiable. I can't, even if I do eat cooked food, like I can't eat a toast to start my day. Like yeah, I can't so eat something dehydrating mm. to start my day. Even if it's a whole food that I would eat in the evening, I, I can't start my day with it. I have to start with raw fruit mm -hmm. i just want i just want something light i want some maybe want some calories but more 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 so i want hydration i just want to start my day hydrated and i don't want to be bogged down for the day so if i had heavier food i'd rather it later in the day that's non-negotiable i wish i could say exercise because that's a huge thing and i do miss it sometimes but when i miss it like you say i feel it like i'm not myself I'm like mm. i wish i exercised that day like i need to move my body it makes such a difference. Mm -hmm. When I move my body, I just feel like I release negative energy and I just, like, I got a better energy. 100%. You know? 
feel better in my body mm -hmm. me too whenever i've been like sedentary or like had a, a day where i'm maybe in the car all day like driving to spain or somewhere like that like i do feel feel uh leth can't speak lethargic <laughs> and yeah yeah, yeah, like, yeah yeah i think like you say we're just we're human we're meant to move and yeah 100 percent so yeah, i think after a long day of driving it's great to just like go for a walk go for a jog mm. like expel that mobilize that yeah lethargic yeah exactly yeah definitely so i've got the uh and I also i feel like it's always good to do something from the business every day at least something mm. yeah well, whether that's like check my inbox for messages uh talk to prospects or even like that's the minimum but uh something something to push the business forward it's always good 100 percent. because i i assume my, most people probably have read atomic habits it's quite popular but like there was a graph in that book it was like one percent better every day for a year it was like 37 times better just over the course of yeah, a year yeah, yeah. we, we yeah, just can't yeah. comprehend it can we those small little improvements but it's just making a habit of it isn't it yeah atomic habits i don't know if i've actually read that i've heard of it i should read that for sure mm -hmm. it's you probably because i know it's a big book i've yeah. seen it around yeah you've probably heard like a lot of it kind of being talked about online but yeah it's but it, but you do remind me i did want to mention this book when you talked about the two people uh mm -hmm. working the same job and having different experience i really wanted to mention darren hardy's compound effect that mm -hmm. was one of the first books i read when i got into entrepreneurship yeah and it's just like that idea of like like every day you're getting better mm -hmm. but you're consciously working towards a path so like the same person working a job yeah. could be just stable or could be getting slowly compounding over time your habits compound getting worse like Mm. having those chips every night or on the weekends having yeah. process it adds just up. like getting worse and worse the other person's like having the green juice every day making salad in the weekends it's like getting better and better and then the person who's just stable he mm. actually says no one's really stable they're more likely slowly like deteriorating yeah but if you have a plan to better your life you just compound over time and it's not like tomorrow you're gonna move to spain and like have an online business but maybe in a year you will if mm. you slowly work towards it yeah for sure yeah yeah you're either growing or dying in my eyes <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so we'll just end with a rapid fire questions so the idea is to answer as quickly as possible but feel free to elaborate if if you okay. feel like you want to add a bit more detail I see this happen with like uh celebrities and <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah one day okay so um the first one describe yourself in one word Rasta, which to <laughs> me is a synonym for uh, a man of integrity. For sure. My, my dad will like this. He'll, uh, he's big into Bob Marley. And, yeah, he does a good, yeah, he does a good Jamaican oh, accent. <laughs> no, but Rasta is like this word, like, it could mean like mm, Buddhist. It could mean um, a Christian to someone. It could mean a Muslim. It's just mm. like some a child of God, like someone yeah. who who lives to be connected with God and make the world a better place. But for me, it means like integrity. So man mm. of integrity, that word is really important for me. That's a value that's really important. Mm -hmm. For me too as well, yeah. What is one book everyone should read before they die? Rapid fire, eh? Make mm -hmm. think. There's a lot of good books. Oh, wait, I think I have. I 
and I wish I could think this over because there's a lot of good books in my mind and I want to choose the right answer. Mm -hmm. The Celestine Prophecy. Okay. Who's that by? Do you know? The, the... I, I forget the author's name, but it's all about uh, finding these insights, these spiritual insights. That's actually the first book that when I found about, about raw foods and meditation, I read that book. And that also helped me like realize like how to live spiritually. Okay, cool. Taking control of my life. So the Celestine Prophecy is about finding insights. And the insights help you in your life. So it's insights of like um, something like we talked about, like how you're in control of how you react, um, being present, like when you're communicating with people. Anyways, it all leads down to this road of like finally being kind of like spiritually enlightened where you're just like on a different vibrational plane. Yeah. But The Celestine Prophecy, I really recommend that book. Okay, I'll check it out. Sounds interesting. What's your greatest strength and your biggest weakness? So that could be two separate things or it might be like one. Yeah, I think it's two. So for my greatest strength is being chill at all times, really being like cool, calm and collected. Yeah. Being able to like, that helps me get along with everyone, mm. understand people, like everyone's different, but somehow I can get along with different people and it helps me be grounded in situations, like no matter the situation. Mm-hmm. And my biggest weakness, I would say, is um, my biggest weakness is taking too long to get around to getting things done and trying to do like part of that is by trying to do too much. Like so research. The past couple of years, I've been, I've been like, no, no, no. Part of it is like doing too many different endeavors. Ah, okay, like splitting off your energy. Yeah. Yeah, like uh, like teaching English and then doing trying to do an online business and then working with Ted and then I try to do a, a juice shop, mm. like doing all these things at once. And they're all like had mediocre results. So I'm just like, I've been cutting. I'm like, I'll close my juice shop. I'll close my personal coaching, just go all in with the team. Mm -hmm. And it just like, the more I focus on one energy, the better I see. So my weakness is like, I'll try to do too much and not go all the way with one. So I'm getting better at like uh, minimizing my life to mm -hmm. narrow my focus in yeah yeah i think a lot of people resonate with that <laughs> yeah because like oh this is a cool project and then you want to do too much yeah but then if you're if your energy is divided you'll never give that one project like the needed care mm -hmm. that you need to expand it faster everything will just take longer for sure do you believe in having a purpose if so what is your purpose in life yeah i'm not sure about that sometimes i feel like What's the point of having a purpose? Is the purpose just to enjoy life, like live? We're alive. Mm. But uh, I'm definitely purpose-driven. I feel like I can't just live and do nothing. I would not feel satisfied. So my purpose, I wrote it in actually my my declaration, like my life. Mm -hmm. And my purpose, I'm paraphrasing. It's like something like uh, my purpose is to uh, raise my vibration so that I can raise the vibration of everyone around me mm. so that we can like vibrate kind of, I don't know if I'm ri wording this right, but vibrate to the heavens, like the heavenly vibration mm. on this earth. Yeah. Like raising the collective vibration, the collective consciousness. Raising the collective yeah. consciousness. Yeah. But it starts with me, mm -hmm. people around me, they'll lift up the people around them. And then we're just raising the vibration of the planet. Yeah. And in that way, 
people are just going to be kinder to each other and working to make everyone's life better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you've got to be the change you wish to see in the world. You've got to be the shining light. Exactly. <laughs> so part of that is like using raw foods, exercise, really mm. taking care of myself. And then the business stuff is a way to like share all this good energy with the world. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And the final one, imagine you're speaking to someone who feels like their life is at its lowest point. What piece of advice would you give them? Yeah, that's a that's a really good question, man, because that's tough to be in. Mm. I would say enjoy it where you're at. It's your body, your mind telling you, like, fuck the world. You have no obligations. Just listen to your heart and take time to yourself. Rest, enjoy it, journal. Think of a vision of the life that you want, and then you can start slowly moving towards it. But right now, just enjoy this darkness, if you will. Enjoy the depression instead of stressing about it because that's just going to add more depression. So if you allow yourself, like, this is what I'm going through. This sucks. Uh, I'm going to make a vision to get out of this step by step. But enjoy where you are now. Like, take it as a break from the world. Mm. I know yeah. it's not easy. People are in different situations, you know, but, like, that's, that's the advice I feel like could help at this time. Definitely. Perfect. So finally, um, yeah, I've asked you plenty yeah, I of like questions. Those rapid fire questions, yeah, man. Yeah, cool. no, no, that's that's uh, that's how it's done, unfortunately. Wow. But if you if you want to share like what you got going on, I know you have got an ebook, like what you're working on, where the people can find you, that'd be great. Yeah, so I got my ebook about how to get paid while you're traveling. So mm -hmm. some of the stuff we talked about today, but definitely check that out. If you follow me on Instagram at rawkuba, just message me the word travel and I'll send you that book and we can get into a conversation. Otherwise, you'll find it in my links, in my bio or my YouTube description, wherever. And basically, yeah, with the team, uh, it's been going really well helping people launch their online businesses and scale their online businesses. We're going to meet up in Mexico in a couple of days. I'm not sure when this podcast will be live or are we live right now? Uh, no, we're not live. It'll probably be up in a day <laughs> or two. <laughs> okay, cool. So I'll be in Mexico for mid-January and then um, Miami as well for the Woodstock Fruit Festival, connecting Lovely. with people. I'm really excited for that. So um, basically, we're meeting with the team to strategize and just make our team even better so that mm -hmm. we can help you even even more like as a client. So yeah, just hit me up hit with the word travel on Instagram. Otherwise, you'll see my stuff in the description lovely perfect thank you for the conversation brother and thank you for listening everyone thank you so much dylan this was so cool man likewise awesome talking to you likewise all right peace and love